Love the haiku. Love the sonnet. Love the quatrain and the couplet. Love the words. From East Leeds FM. Welcome to Love the Words here on East Leeds FM. Tonight we're going to be talking to Joe Williams, the actor, performer, historian, director of Heritage Corner. Um, I've known Joe for a few years and got on some fantastic walks that he's led and really looking forward to, to talking to, to Joe. Hello, Joe. Hello, Peter. Hi. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm very good, thank you. Hope you are too. I am. Thank you very much. So first of all, Joe, uh, I mean, recently you won an award uh, for for Heritage Corner. So maybe we should start there. Tell us a little of what the award was and what Heritage Corner is. The award was given in October. We didn't know whether it would happen or not uh, due to COVID, of course. Um, but the event did take place at Leeds Town Hall and it was very well organised. Uh, only two people at a table, which made things very relaxed, you know, and uh, comfortable, lots of space. And to actually go up on stage and, uh, you know, to be given recognition for decades, I suppose, of work um, was amazing, um, a lot more emotional than I thought it was going to be, and I forgot to remove my mask as I gave my <laughs> acceptance speech. So people must have thought, what's he saying? What's he saying? <laughs> um, but uh, it was just that um, overwhelming. There is so many people to thank, and of course you can't thank everybody. Um, but it, it had also been a quite a tumultuous year in terms of delivery because of, as well as COVID, there was the George Floyd incident, of course, which caused an incredible reaction, not just in Leeds, but around the world. And yeah. so a lot of people in Leeds wanted to know what is the history behind, you know, these things that keep happening. And it was such a, an honour and a privilege to be in a position to be able to deliver the Leeds Black History Walk. Uh, as, as a response, as to say, this is how we've structured uh, a narrative that has been missing from the history books and from um, mainstream society. And this history contains the humanity of a people who have been excluded. Mm -hmm. And uh, we delivered twice as many walks this year as we would normally, and delivered twice as many um, 
private walks as well as public walks. Um, and so it was wonderful to be able to share the information. It was wonderful after so many years in, in, in you know, I wouldn't say exile, but, you know, in a quiet corner, just getting on with it, to suddenly then being thrust um, into popular view was fantastic because then you feel like your humanity is actually being sought after and recognised. Well, absolutely. And, uh, yes, it's a legacy award. Tell us, and who is it awarded by again? It was awarded by the Black Health Initiative, which is a health uh, project in Chapeltown. And they also organise other community events, including the uh, Leeds uh, Reggae Music Festival, uh, Black Music Festival, um, and, you know, do, you know, campaigns like against knife they do some wonderful work in the community and so this was um by public voting and it was an honor that people selected myself um against all the other entries um and and there are so many people doing such good work that makes it even more special too Absolutely. Well, you've. I mean, well, it'd be nice to come back to, to Heritage Corner and the Black History Walks. And but first of all, let's. I don't, just want to track back for a moment. I mean, you, you're a perform, an actor and performer uh, as well, and as well as a historian. And uh, I'm just wondering, yeah, what came first for you? Was it the acting and performing, or was it the history? Uh, good question. Uh, the acting, definitely, and the history led on because I wanted to tell stories of uh, heroic figures, not just victims. And these narratives were hard to come by. And then when you do discover them, you realize it's hard to actually get those stories out there. It, it, it appears that, you know, people are, are accepting of the representation of a group of people as victims because that's what they've been taught and so they're not really looking for anything other than that and I thought well for myself as an actor um, my craft is enhanced with material that I'm passionate about and I'm passionate about heroic figures and positive representation to pass on to young people you know because mm. they deserve better and um, I have to say at this point Peter that uh, one of my inspirations in terms of turning these narratives into drama, into life, was uh, listening to a, a radio broadcast on the life of a young Abyssinian prince called Prince Alamayu, uh, who died in Leeds, as you know, in 1879. Mm. And, um, and yourself was the writer <laughs> of that. And that gave me much inspiration the way how it was brought to life and the way how the story drew you in and, and, and I wanted to be a part of more. In fact, when that came out, that gave me so much hope to think, right, well, people must know that there is this history here and they'll want more. Oh, but that's, that's taken some campaigning. But I think it's important for the next generation not to have to go through these same, mm. you know, hurdles, as it were. Well, I'm 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 very flattered that you that you liked the play and you heard it and you, you found it useful. It was fascinating research. Well, maybe that's a inspirational. Yeah. Oh well, 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 that's great. But well, and I'd love to have a, a another conversation about that. But probably 
Um, that's an aside. But you've talked about, um, I read in an interview that you did online that uh, you talked about how this country has has been very good at framing its own narrative, a certain narrative that obviously excludes, has been exclusive of other narratives. Do you feel that, I mean, obviously you're doing a great deal to 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 correct that, but do you think generally we're going in the right direction in terms of presenting other stories? Um, oh, that, that that's a good one. It's It swings and roundabouts, Peter, because sometimes you think things are going in the right direction, and then... Um, it seems to be a period of appeasement like right we've had enough of that now let's move on to proper history um a lot of people are calling it a communist agenda and you know so there's a lot of kickback and um mainstream organizations have to respond um when society you know kicks back mm. and so therefore you feel that you've been put in the doghouse again when really this history is actually british history mm. But I think with David Olasoga, the historian of Nigerian heritage, British-born, uh, he's done some great programs on television, not just black history, but history in general. Um, and it's, it's looking to a more inclusive narrative because Africans were brought into Europe and Britain's narrative. And you can't just stay a victim within that framework forever. It's not conducive to a healthy society. Um, and so at some point we have to realize this history did happen. That's why I was born here of West Indian heritage here in Leeds is directly connected to that history. You know, you can't see you can't see me if you're not looking at my journey here. Mm. Well, what you do, I think, is fascinating, at least from my experience of the walks that I've been on that you've led, in terms of just taking us through streets, the streets, say, of Headingley, and, uh, yes. and or going to St George's, St George's, uh, is it Park or Garden Cemetery up in field. the field? St field. George's, George's Field, yeah. and, and where Pablo Fank is... Uh, is is buried a, a big sort of hero of yours? I know. I'd like you to talk about that in a minute. But you 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 show us basically kind of history that that we we don't know. I mean, it's and it is absolutely shocking that um, that we don't know some of the the, the 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 things that have happened in Leeds. What how Leeds has been connected with 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 African history, for instance, and through slave trade, but yes. also uh, you know just to see our city in a different way. It's a, a fascinating yes. thing. It, it's human narratives, and, and, that's, and hidden human narratives is, is always intriguing, regardless of, of what the background of that information is. Is finding things out about the place where you grew up and born and wasn't shown or directed to is, is always amazing. So for me, it's, it's, a, it's fantastic um, being able to deliver this material uh, to the citizens of Leeds and those who choose to visit Leeds in order to attend the walk, which many do. Um, it's, 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 a, it's a great experience. And of course, I learn a lot as well because people on the walk have information. So I grow 
as well and unfortunately the length of the walk grows <laughs> because I get, I get more information to add to the walk um, and, but it, it is you realise it, it's that the humanity has been going on for so long um, in 1807 Leeds was identified as a political weather vane for the nation in the general election at that time in 1807 and I, I feel there is a, still a truth in that and so, whilst in Leeds you've got this incredible, well, what you might call a hostile environment, especially institutionally, mm. um, there is also this great warmth and love from other sections of society, um, which was the case in Victorian times as well. Um, you had both. And um, politically, we're, we're constantly in a flux um, in the Nile Valley, civil, ancient Nile Valley civilizations, they, they identified the human condition as in a flux between extreme opposites. Mm. And, and it's still true today, you know, like, you know, yeah. Yeah. Hot, cold, hot, cold male, female, leave, remain. Mm. You know, <laughs> we were constantly in that battle. And, and so the objective is is not about saying, oh, they're taking over. It's about recognizing that there are so many different peoples and so many different communities where we live, and that's directly connected to how Leeds and other city, towns and cities made their money. Mm. Um, a lot of communities across the world were disrupted, and people were made to migrate. And, and, and that's just a fact. Mm. And so it's, it's, it's about making the best of it, seeing each other's humanity. Um, and I think the more positive we are with uh, newcomers, the, the, the bigger the contributions that they can make. And, and it benefits, us, benefits mm. all of us. We can't hold on to the um, self-preservation, we did this thing by ourselves narrative because it's not true for one millions of people were displaced in order to help the british economy and there are legacies and consequences mm. and people are trying to make the best of those consequences whilst being attacked and um it's it, it's about time that stops so that we can all pull together to build a better society Yes, thoughts, well, absolutely. But also, but you've stressed, we're going to hear some music in a minute that you've chosen, but um, I just wanted to pick up on something. I mean, you, you talk about the complexity that, of, of, of history, and I think I really, again, I like, I like what you've, you've said about that. You talk about the diversity within the diversity. And the fact oh, uh, well, yeah, yeah. that yeah. There, there is, there is, it's nuanced, that it's complex. And I think that, you know, in these extremes that you talk about, we can miss that sometimes. You know, people are either victims or heroes or they're, they're this or that. They're one polarity or the other. But actually, I, 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 I don't know. It's what you seem to be saying is that the, the reality is somewhere between in the complexity. Yes, I think, I think there are heroes in all communities. And everybody should be allowed to express their heroic narratives um, without others feeling attacked. Um, and, and there's a way to do it, of course. You know, I don't believe in guilt or shame. Um, it's about recognizing that, yeah, there was good and there was bad on all sides um, of um, 
of any drama, you might say. Yeah. Um, and and being able to tell that, but in the spirit of, you know, we have a shared humanity. Yeah. Joe, um, tell us uh, about the first piece of music that you've chosen. Um, this uh, first selection um, was a part of my growth as uh, becoming an activist, someone who wanted to be active in the promotion of positive narratives. And uh, this was a group called Sweet Honey in the Rock. And uh, they themselves pulled songs out of the civil rights movement. And they're an acapella group, all female, from America. And um, I think the song we're going to hear, Ella's song, uh, opens with the lyrics, we who believe in freedom, you know, cannot stop until, you know, basically we've got it. You believe in freedom, cannot rest until it comes. We who believe in freedom, cannot rest. Hear me talking to you, we who believe in freedom, cannot rest until the killing of black men, black mothers' sons, is as important as the killing of white men, white mothers' sons. We who believe in freedom and freedom Sing it with me if you like it. We who believe in freedom. The older I get, the better I know that the secret of my going on is when the reins are in the hands of the young who dare to run against the storm. Cause to me, young people come first. They have the courage where we fail. Yeah. 
So that was uh, Sweet Honey in the Rock, chosen by Joe Williams, who is our guest here on Love the Words um, tonight. Joe, in terms of uh, your kind of earlier life, did were there, did you did you foresee that you might be doing this? When when did this become the path that opened <laughs> to you? <laughs> oh gosh, no, no, I was I was supposed to be president, I think. <laughs> um, <laughs> no. Um, my mother said I should be a doctor. For some reason, um, when I went to middle school, the teacher says I was good at drama. I thought, oh, really? Am I? And um, I went to Intake High School at the time uh, that ran a theatre arts course. And it, it's still it's an arts college now, I believe, still. Um, and from there, I trained in London. Um, claim to fame, I shared a room with Ross Kemp leave it um, and um, then I got into theatre and education which um, is basically using theatre in schools to tell stories and widen issues so that young people can explore uh, issues in a, in a more lively context um, and then I wanted to do more work like that that opened up uh, things that I didn't know, like my history, for example, because that was never taught to me. My parents didn't know, so they couldn't teach me. My community was struggling with that information, and I was lucky uh, whilst uh, focusing on black theatre in order to, to pull this information out. Um, I was fortunate to meet some historians at the West Yorkshire Playhouse when we were doing a Black Arts Week. And these historians were telling me about black people in Britain. And I was going, yeah, thanks very much. Um, I want real history. I want African history. Thanks, though. And it took me about 10 years to realize, you know, and listening to your program, your um, um, radio uh, broadcast, that, you know, oh, right, I see. We can actually tell African history through these local narratives. And so then, that was in the 90s, that set me off on a, on a path to discover more narratives. And I should mention um, a great author called Peter Fryer, who's a leads man, worked for the Evening Post as a, gen as a journalist, and thought there isn't very much information around all these, you know, people with a different color skin coming into our communities. Yeah let me write a book about the history of these people in Britain. And that book is called Staying Power. Staying Power, yes, wonderful book. 
Yeah, and it's got all these rich narratives of uh, black people connected with Britain. And I thought, you know, I discovered that in the 80s, and I thought, well, we've got no excuse now. We've got all this research that's been done by this wonderful man. And, and Yorkshire has great connections with um, the writing of uh, black British history. Um, there's, uh, is it uh, Mike Wolvin, Professor Mike Wolvin? Mm. Um, is it Mike? Um, I don't know, actually, to be honest with you. No, Professor Wolvin. Yeah, yeah. Professor Wolvin. Let's call him Professor. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, prof at uh, York University, and he's written books on episodes in black history. He's written about Olaude Equiano, who's a Nigerian abolitionist. He's written a book on the Zong, which was an incident where Africans were thrown overboard to collect on the insurance money instead of taking them to market, where they wouldn't have made as much money. Um, and he's, he's been quite a great facilitator in, in the discourse, you know, to make sure that transatlantic narratives are a part of British history. And we've got great local writers um, like Audrey Duji, who's from Nesborough, and she co-wrote co The Wonderful Adventures of Mary Seacole. And we have um, other writers as well. Um, published writers. And so Leeds has a rich heritage of um, people who aren't black, but who are interested in challenging the inhumane narratives by presenting human, real historical human figures. And, and those are the people that I want to play, that I want to connect with arts and heritage in the, the arts and heritage industry. I want to work with people on telling these stories so that we feel that we're in a, um, a, 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 an an, a community, a, an environment of shared humanity. Well, it's a great book list you've given, given us there. Uh, yeah, I was going to ask you about books, but you've, you've, you've covered that. I mean, uh, absolutely. And um, Joe, in terms, you've talked about working with children. Uh, in do you do you feel when you take young people on your walks? Do do you feel you are showing them something that they are not aware of? Do you do you do you sense that? Are they curious? They are curious. Um, the the great achievement for me with the walk is making it appeal to uh, black and white, because that that's a hard uh, you know barometer to to balance. Um, and I think so far so good. Um, I, I remember being very disturbed by a lot of presentations on, on black representation when I was younger. Um, one of the best was a theatre and education production called Flags and Bandages by Leeds Theatre and Education in the 1970s. When I was a kid, they came to my school and I saw Mary Seacole being presented and that was the first time I saw a black person represented in a positive way where they weren't, you know, subordinate or, you know, downgraded. And uh, that was a wonderful experience. And I, w I wanted to give that experience to young people mm. more because you mentioned black history 10 years ago. A lot of young people would kind of frown like, yeah, we know slavery, slavery, slavery. Mm. And it's more than that. Mm. If you have the opportunity to express it. And that's what the Leeds Black History Walk 
introduces for young people is that there are, yes, there were enslaved people, but there were also heroic abolitionists and people who ran their own lives and had their own careers, like Pablo Fank, and reached the top of their profession, like uh, Pablo Fank and many others, like Ira Aldridge, the um, African-American Shakespearean actor who married a lass from North Allerton and who's buried in Poland. You know, it, it, yeah. once you get a chance to tell these stories, you realize they have amazing narratives. Prince Alamayu is the only non-European royal to be buried in the royal catacombs at Windsor Castle, as you know. And, you know, Pablo Frank ran his own business for over 30 years um, as a circus master and performer and is buried, as you say, in St. George's Field here in Leeds. So there are some wonderful narratives and uh, strong female narratives as well we, we bring in. Uh, Sarah Parker Remond and, and many others. And it's just having an opportunity to tell these stories in an environment where they were intentionally excluded because it was too uncomfortable. But I think we're more mature now and we can handle diverse narratives in order to move forward. You mentioned theatre and education, how important that production production was for you when you were a young person by Leeds, um, by Leeds um, Theatre and Education. Well, I had a, I, I feel very privileged to have been part of the theatre and education movement in the 80s and 90s. It was such a rich time where these theatre companies dedicated their lives. It wasn't just about the income. Um, they dedicated their lives to delivering a great service uh, to young people by understanding how education can truly work with the right strategies and techniques. And, um, oh, it was just such fun. And so I, I wanted that to apply to my heritage as well. And with Heritage Corner, which I created in 2014, to um, create projects around the Leeds Black History Walk and history in general, um, that we use theatre and education techniques to try and deliver, the, the, you know, to maximum effect so that young people uh, really benefit and can engage uh, with material. And it's been such a privilege uh, being able to reach uh, school kids and actually see all young people empowered, not just young black people. Joe, um, in terms of uh, future projects for you, obviously it's going to schools and so on. I mean, it's difficult at the moment. Are you able to do any work or walks outside? Obviously, not in the in the present lockdown. Are you looking forward? Do you have plans for for walks next year? What 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 can we look forward to of yours? Right. Okay. Um, well, we deliver Leeds Black History Walks. We do projects with the heritage industry, as well as work with artists. And uh, that's what we hope to do is a combination of those next year. But obviously, we'll be very mindful about how we do it. Um, I've just worked on a very exciting project um, with somebody you know very well, Matthew Bellwood. Mm -hmm. And uh, we did a project on Headingley. And it was more like a, a walking podcast. And, and I thought that was very imaginative. So if we can look at imaginative ways of delivering the walk where people don't have to come out, but when the weather improves 
and hopefully lockdown decreases, we'll be able to deliver the walks again. But we're always looking for ways to deliver um, the information in imaginative ways as well as educational ways. We'd like to do African history courses or African British, Black British history courses, um, as well as talks and, sh you know, short projects. Well, do remember that uh, we're there, Chapel FM. We've got a new, uh, a, a big new uh, building now, which is, you must come and see. But we're, we're there, studios, and we'd love to be involved um, if, you, if you need us, Joe, at any point. Oh, excellent. Oh, yeah, thanks very much for that. I keep meaning to come up and see, I'm glad things are growing there. I remember when it all started. And, uh, and, and yeah, it's about, you know, people taking action in their communities and creating a better life for those people in those communities. And I think that's what makes Leeds great, is there, there are so many people who care. It's been great to talk to you, Joe. And um, tell us about the last track that, uh, that you've chosen. Right. Well, um, my own journey in terms of becoming aware of my own history that wasn't taught to me. It, it hasn't been easy, but one of my main teachers has, of course, been uh, the great, the right honourable Robert Nestor Marley. <laughs> and uh, I just remember as a kid listening to his music and my mind being blown, he planted seeds of, of a history that's there. And it's through that early nurturing that has led me to be determined as well to share the rich narratives uh, to make other people feel rich in spirit as well and so I've chosen the song Redemption Song because it's, it's, it's about being not afraid of tackling difficult subjects um, but also recognising that there's hope as well Minutes after day took I From the bottomless pit But my end was made strong By the end of the Almighty We forward in this generation Triumphantly won't you help to sing another song of freedom? Cause all I ever have Redemption songs Redemption songs Emancipate yourself from mental slavery None but ourselves can free our mind have no fear for atomic energy Cause none of them can stop the time How long shall they kill our prophets While we stand aside and look Some say it's just a part of it We've got to fulfill the book Another song of freedom Cause all I ever have Redemption songs Redemption songs Wap 
Love the control, love the command, love the spacebar and the hard return. Love the words from East Leeds FM. Thank you so much to Joe Williams for that interview here on Love the Words on East Leeds FM. In a minute, we've got some short fiction from Stefan Grieve, some poetry from Tanya Nightingale, and then a short interview with the poet Adekola. Adekola is talking about his work, talking about Say It With Your Chest, just a, a proviso. He mentions a gig a live gig on the 4th of December, that's this week. I'm not sure whether that is taking place or not. So I would check websites, Twitter, Facebook. In the circumstances, anything can change. Angel Box by Stephen Grieve There is an angel in this box. I looked again at the old man I met under the flickering street lamp on Milton Street. I looked at the small box he held out to me. There is an angel in this box. You said that, sir. Take it. 
I looked at the strange old man dressed in a black coat and hat and wondered if he was joking. Why? It's Boxing Day. You should have a box. I took it from him. It was lighter than it looked. Is there really an angel in there? The man just smiled and walked away into the dark snow of that night. When I got home, I opened the box. It was full of nothing but silver paper that sparkled in the moonlight that shone through my bedroom window. Pretty, but not an angel. A year passed, and on the next Boxing Day, I found him once again under the street lamp. Have you kept your angel well? There was no angel, sir. How do you know? I opened the box and you opened the box. I nodded. The stranger shook his head. Then the angel must have fled. But there wasn't an angel, ever. How do you know? Do you think you would have known if you had not opened the box? I... If you had not opened the box, you would have still had an angel. It would have been there as long as you believed. I don't understand. One day you will, the man said, and wandered away for the soft falling snow of that night. Many boxing days passed and the street lamp stood alone. I was left with a puzzle, and one day I understood. Years passed and I became an old man. One boxing day night I stood beneath the flickering street lamp on Milton Street. That's when I saw you and said, There is an angel in this box. B.C. by Tanya Nightingale before coronavirus, we were children. We held hands, hugged our friends, breathed deep. Then winds blew, clearing streets, filling houses, and notices in red appeared on every public door. If you have symptoms, ashen strangers learned the Covid swerve, avoiding the man on his sanctioned daily walk. Geese lay eggs in train stations. Foxes streak the cobbled streets. For this spring's cubs don't need to be wary. It is humans who have become wild, fear each other, hide their children. Camouflage. The Problem with Beauty by Tanya Nightingale In order to write, you need the itch of discomfort the urge to change the world as it exists for you 
and the need to communicate that discovery to others. The knowledge that we will die compels all creativity, drives our urge to leave something behind. We all know this. That's why heaven would be one hell of a place for literature. Imagine it, complete contentment with everything, continuing for eternity. No need for any change, ever. Ugh. That's why beauty is so impossible to express and ultimately so dull. Blissful love, for example, brings about a state of luxuriousness, a stasis. No wish for anything other than that presence in that present moment. Even if it were possible to write about the perfect landscape or describe the perfect love, who would want to read about it? Take that lamb that is looking at me right now. It knows it is a symbol of perfection. It is sitting smack in the middle of this idyllic Yorkshire lane, in this idyllic Yorkshire village. And does it want to go anywhere? It does not. It sits, flanked by relations, its legs tucked underneath, and I swear it's smiling. The sign on the verge of an identical white lamb with drive slowly, lambs crossing underneath in large letters, does not help. I take the long way round. The climb into the high moors earlier that day had, of course, been glorious. The burnt brown clumps of resting heather, the ranks of green firs, and at the topmost points, the smoky blue of the high crags the peppery catch of gorse, the rasp of pheasant. So far, so beautiful. But it was when the rain tipped on me that things really got interesting. Dressed for the forecast, light shower, I was soaked to the skin. Hurling myself down the slopes and into the car, I took off for anywhere that offered tea. The village I came upon looked as though it would have been created by hobbits had they been entrepreneurial. Woodturners, sweetmakers, glassblowers in a higgled square. Its cafe had a wood-burning stove and a full basket of logs, so I settled in front of that and steamed. The clientele were mostly ladies of a certain age who talked endlessly of their relatives' illnesses. Bunions, varicose veins, sciatica, death. Until one small boy, who couldn't have been more than four, began an abstracted song. Gin, 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 keeping time with his foot against the chair leg. I like gin, gin. The lady nearest him interrupts. Don't you mean ginger? No, a kick of the table stem. Gin, gin. Like what Nana has. A glance is shot across the table. You haven't been giving him gin again, have you? Voices dropped too low for any more to be heard. But there was the peak, the rub, the catch. Again! How long had this been going on for? And why? The spark is conflict. And conflict, life. You can keep peace. Give me the spark any time. Carnival City. Fire the cola.
So you're listening to Love the Words here on East Leeds FM. And I'm really pleased to welcome Adakola into the virtual studio. Hello, Adakola, how are you doing? Hi, Peter, good to be here. How are you doing? Hope everybody's well. Yeah, not too bad, thanks very much. We're not in our in our expanded building at Chapel FM Art Centre yet, but we're getting there. Mm-hmm. Hopefully in the spring we'll be able to welcome you there and the rest of the public. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, Adekola, um you made a fantastic appearance at the Leeds Dortmund event back at Chapel FM last year, mm-hmm. and uh, it was nice to yes. have you there. Uh, yeah, if- it was nice to have you. It was nice to be there. It was absolutely. Thanks for kind of inviting me to that, and um, I kind of, yeah, it made me kind of... Um, uh yeah just was happy to kind of see the connection between Leeds and Dortmund and it was really um you know a civic engagement and uh, bringing community together uh, and um yeah so I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be a part of it and uh so what tell us tell me what have you been up to the last uh well last few months how, how has lockdown treated you yeah yeah uh, it's been uh it's been it's been a roller coaster for real I mean the in the first few of course you know the first you know uh few when it first hit you know it was really kind of disorientating you know feelings of loneliness isolation and all that kind of thing uh but and you know as we kind of got you more used to it and just realized you know it's kind of here to stay um then yeah then then slowly started kind of um you know thinking about okay how to adapt and uh, i know obviously gratitude for help for well uh, sorry for health and you know and etc that kind of thing uh, but then it's that I think of adapting how how we're gonna move forward, um, and so on and so forth. So part of that is that we over the course of last year we were working on a zine, um, a zine, zine, uh, a zine uh, called People of Content. So me and my role as um, one of the um, in my, a leader platform, a creative and poetry platform called Say It With Your Chest, and part of that is that we facilitated the creation of this zine with Leeds-based people of color. So it's got poetry, writing, artwork in there. And then, so we, over the course of last year, we were putting that together. And then at the beginning of this year, we just thought, well, you know what, let's put it out there and then we'll just, for free, but we'll, the money will go towards kind of uh, education and anti-racist kind of uh, activities. Uh, and then I was able to get commissioned by um, uh, Assembly House uh, to do a, um, to explore like, um, I don't know about you, but I got really um, weird dreams during the height of lockdown, like, you know, really, uh, trouble sleeping we had dreams different nightmares so i thought i'd me explore that uh in and then um, i got commissioned by uh um by assembly house to explore that so yeah so that was uh was interesting where and did that then, appear um, adicola yeah where did that appear that sounds yeah. really interesting is it has yeah, it been so, that um, in the zine or is it being recorded or uh, yeah okay so that so that was later in the year so the zine we put out earlier in the year because uh, obviously the work for that was done majorly over the course of last year. Um, then this Assembly House, obviously Assembly House, I mean, obviously with what happened, you know, with this summer, with the lockdown, uh, you know, the anti-racist uprisings, Black Lives Matter, etc. Then um, a lot of, um, you know, a lot of org- arts organisations, people like that, um, you know, became more conscious if they weren't already aware of just, you know, uh, the, the Black experience, different people's experiences and, you know, the important, the, and focusing on anti-racist work. Uh, so, um, so this was, uh, I mean, this was in the, so yeah, I guess Assembly House will kind of um, uh, put out this commission, and so it's 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 on there. It'll be on their website. Um, it's called um, and Hopes, Fears, and Dreams. That's the um, that's the link to see that work. Uh, Hopes, Fears, Dreams dot com. 
Um, so you can see, see my work there. But as I said, Assembly House and other organizations, they kind of got involved with more anti-racist, uh, uh, you know, reflect anti-racist work. And then, so that was that was that. And then in terms of my own things that we've kind of decided to do for ourselves, like I mentioned, um, uh, and say it with your chest. So we actually, we came back with our first live event in October. Uh, with our first live event, it was socially distanced. It was streamed on Zoom at the same time, live. Uh, and um, we was based at Open Source Arts. And so they're, they're an organization that we're going to be working with closely uh, to kind of try and deliver some events and just kind of, uh, you know, community creative events and things like that. So there was so there is hope that there's, you know, because we I really strongly believe in, you know, creativity and, and leads and just put, doing things yourself and putting giving opportunities to writers and creators and leads. And Open Source Arts seem to be kind of on a similar wavelength. Mm -hmm. So we're just trying to um, keep this ship uh yeah keep keep the show going and, and, and adapting as well uh, so we're hoping to be back fourth of december with our first live um with our first live again socially distanced limited audience and live streamed event and then we're also hoping to do a film festival uh in around 18th and 19th of um of, of december again that will be um again that will be a limited audience socially distanced etc uh, and uh, even next Saturday, I'm doing like a self-care, that's purely online, a self-care and well-being kind of a workshop that's totally, f that's free. Uh, it's just pay as you feel. Mm -hmm. And again, links uh, for all these kind of information, follow Say It With Your Chest on Instagram, uh, at S-I-W-Y-C-H-E-S-T. Or just, you know, message me, uh, add a call of poetry on Instagram for any information. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we're just trying our best to keep connected, keep creative. Right. Like, like you guys are. And, and where is the 4th of December event taking place, Adekola? Yes, yeah, so it's that's going to be at Open Source Arts. That's on Kirkstall Road. Um, they're on, they're, Open Source Arts are on Instagram and Facebook, so just look them up. Mm. Uh, uh, and, um, and yeah, it'll be, um, yeah, just uh, yeah, look, up, look it up on there. And they're really keen to um, really kind of keep people, make it accessible as possible in terms of whether that's uh, keep people coming and coming into the building. It's a really nice, nice building. It's, you know, recent size. We've got an outdoor bit as well. Uh, and um, like I said, we've, we've, we've been set up for, you know, live streaming and Zoom, etc. So, you know, there'll be limited numbers in the uh, building, but, um, but yeah, you'll be able to stream it online. And so we're just really keen to kind of keep, you know, you know, keep the creativity going and keep uh, connection going. And so, and they're, they're open source arts are, are, are feel the same way. Well, that's absolutely fantastic to hear. You're so active and keeping going. Mm. And uh, yeah. yeah, and and I've got, I've got, would you read us or give us something now of your own in terms yeah. of a piece of work? Sure. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So this is called Power On, uh, and it's and it's and I've re. Updated it. This is also this was featured in the zine that I mentioned. People content that we've um we've I think we've pretty much given out all the copies now. Mm. Um uh and um, but obviously in light of you know what's happened this year because I mentioned I wrote it mid last year but in light of what's happened this year I've you know updated it a little bit with a few lines. Mm. Uh and this is called Power On, and um also I'm hoping to have my debut collection of poetry coming out next year, uh coming around this time next year with um with uh burning eye press so uh yeah just again just look out for that it's going to be more called negressiveness most likely so this is called power on and it goes like this please excuse the panic it was my first pandemic it's hardly been a holiday more like a lockdown dark days and hard times will come 
a matter of when, not if. And when they do, I will tell you what they told me. Feel the emotion, don't become it. Don't be racist or listen to conspiracies. Be critical about power, privilege, and how we treat people, about race, class, and all that jazz. Be caring, hold on to humanity, hold our leaders to account. Breathe in, breathe out. While you're stressing, count your blessings. Watch your health, get some help. Stay alive, support science, look alive. Pray on and play on, push through, power on. When you face bad health, poor wealth and see death. When you feel stuck, bad luck, no direction, love or affection. Know you're not alone. Stay alive, look alive, keep going, push through, power on, power on, power on. Thanks very much, Adekola. Yeah. And uh, you've got a track finally for us, uh, something you've done yourself, yeah? Yep, yes indeed, yeah. Again, early in the summer we were able to, um, uh, we were able to get supported by um, Iger Studios, and so uh, it's produced by Alex Robinson, uh, and um, it's part, it was part of the Leads Together uh, Black Lives Matter and uh, Black Health Initiative fundraiser, and so we're able to get into the studio and put this, uh, put this song together, it's called Carnival City. And yeah, it's my first foray into, you know, uh, poetry and music. And, you know, as we, we have to keep challenging ourselves and dabbling in different things, keep it fun for ourselves. So, yeah, it's poetry, music, and then who knows, who knows what next. So, yeah, this is kind of the city. Thanks ever so much for joining us on Love the Words, Adekola. Carnival City by Adekola. From Aerials to Chapel Town and back From the Caribbean to Leeds before that From the land of wood and water to the Windrush From West Africa to the West Indies Look up, look down Something's changed Look back, look around Something's the same Somewhere between learning from elders who paved the way and looking to the future that we're making each day. Every day turns to night. Every night turns to day. Public transport is a ghost. I know it better than most. A top boy like Sully, I'm always in a hurry. I'm turning up, trying to find a motive. Trying to shackle on the beat With a yay that's different to yours In this big city life I'm just trying to get by Just trying to get from A to B And escape poverty In this big city life It's just high and by Pressure goes up No matter what I try Don't you ever get lonely? Don't you want to know me? Be a friend of mine? Big city life, so I have to run. I can give you five when my work is done. Why do we live our lives like all this stuff survives? Don't you ever get lonely? Don't you want to know me?